Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Mm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. And welcome back to episode 8 of Inside Quotes. I'm your host, Jonathan. Woo! And I'm here with Jeremy. You just heard him wooing in the background. Hello. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Jeremy? It's great to be back for the eighth episode in a row. I know it. And we're covering a very <laughs> exciting movie today. It's the 2006 animated film, Fleshed Away. That's right. Dude, Jonathan, this movie, this is one of the weirdest films ever that uh dreamworks has ever like put out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's so different than everything else it's just about rats in a sewer i know i love it <laughs> that's why i picked it <laughs> it's so pure um simple <laughs> I, yeah i think it is a pretty like clever premise for a movie and i always love the little like town they've got below Below the real yeah. London, the sewer, sewer London, <laughs> sewer London. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. This movie came out in 2006 and on November 3rd, 2006. And it opened a uh, third that in the box office that weekend behind the Santa Claus three, the escape clause. Ooh, with Martin Short. Also known as the worst Santa Claus movie. Amen. <laughs> the desanctification process has begun. And in number one was Borat. <laughs> wow. That's Sasha Baron Cohen. And so, <laughs> what, yeah, what a group away. of movies. <laughs> I know. 2006 was such a time, huh? Other movies that were in, in the theaters at the time was Saw 3, The Departed, and another Hugh Jackman movie, The Prestige. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had two, he two movies. He had like two movies. He had like three movies come out that year, right? Uh, yeah, probably someone. Uh, didn't he actually do a rom-com with Kate Winslet that year? Uh, um, I don't... You're, you're, te you're testing my rom-com knowledge, which is very minimal. Maybe not. Hugh, Hugh Jackman was also in Happy Feet the same year. Was he? Yeah. He played Memphis. I've never even seen it. <laughs> He, he was he, no, yeah. Um, he was in X Men, and then 
The Last oh, Stand came out in two, 2006, oh, right? Uh, yes, that was a, yeah, that was the big number. The big summer movie. 2006, that was a big year for, for Hugh Jackman. Yeah, not even his biggest. And speaking of Hugh Jackman, uh, the inside quotes is, it's starting to take off, okay? Let me just say this, all right? We're, we're, we're starting to get recognized. and We were not prepared for it, but man. But we, we had uh, Hugh Jackman, his agent, reached out to us because... He reached out to us. Not even, we didn't even ask him. Yeah, he, he, he reached out to us and he said, you know that you guys are going to be covering this movie and he would love to do an interview with you guys. So unfortunately, I couldn't be there. But um, Jonathan, you actually interviewed Hugh Jackman, if I'm correct, right? I did. I had the pleasure of sitting down with with Hugh Jackman uh, earlier today, and uh, we'll we'll be airing that interview a little bit later on in the show. So, so yeah, definitely a big year for Hugh Jackman. Let me just talk about Hugh Jackman first before we get into this interview. Okay, so this is 2006, and <clears throat> I was in probably fourth grade at the time. And at this time of the movie being made, I had only known Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I didn't mm-hmm. even watch those really. I just knew he was Wolverine and he was cool. And I had his action yeah. figure. Uh, but um, but it was like easy to think of him as Roddy because his voice is so different than as Wolverine. But yeah. like since now that I've seen Les Mis and like The Greatest Showman and all that, all of his newer movies, mm-hmm. um, it's really hard not to imagine Hugh Jackman like at all. Like I can't. Like I'm watching flushed away this time and i'm like that is hugh jackman this entire time yeah (laughs) i couldn't like not think it kind of took me out of the movie but i was happy because it was hugh jackman but you know what i mean yeah um i mean i think when i first saw this i was definitely aware of of uh hugh jackman and and knowing he was wolverine and stuff but i i think he he plays the role pretty well does the voice and everything and i don't know if it was that distracting for me but Definitely not as good as uh, Jean Valjean in Les Mis. I recently watched that movie again this past week. And, oh man, it gets better every time I watch it. Hmm. I Yeah, I, I have not seen that movie since it came out in theaters, what, 2012 or so? <laughs> it, it seems a little bit shorter every time you watch it, too. I remember it being like three hours, but it went by really fast. Yeah, I remember it being a long movie, and I'm not <laughs> much for musicals, but I did enjoy that movie. I I, I liked the story and I wasn't familiar with it beforehand. So, yeah. But enough about that. Let's get into his interview. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and play the, the interview that I recorded earlier today with Hugh Jackman. And, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. <sighs> All right. Deep breaths. About to interview Hugh Jackman. Oh, here it goes. Joshua, you're not nervous. <laughs> it's Jonathan. And yes, I'm very nervous. Uh, I'm here with Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine himself and star of Flushed Away as the character Roddy. So when was the last time you watched this movie? Gotta be 12 years ago. Maybe like I caught a bit on TV, but the whole way through, maybe 16 years ago. (laughs) Wow, you must have hated this movie. (laughs) Was it that you wanted to play one of the other characters? I'll be honest with you, Joshua. It's Jonathan. If they're... I would have played any character if they'd offered it to me. But I knew when I had it, I was like, I think 
I might have got the best character. Don't tell anyone, but I think I might have, you know. <laughs> well, you didn't, because Bill Nye did for his role as Whitey, the albino rat. Are you friends with Bill Nye? Yeah. Really? Uh, when's the last time you saw him? Friday night. Care to elaborate on that? No. Never. Alrighty. You know, kids around the world have been asking for a flushed away sequel for years. Have you ever thought about returning to the role? The thing kids don't understand is that it's hard to say no to them sometimes. It's hard to give them a lesson. What lesson are you teaching kids by not doing a sequel? Hey, Joshua, these questions are good. Again, it's Jonathan. Uh, thanks, I guess. So, what's the message? Take responsibility that it's not all just luck. That I mean, there is luck and you've got to be right place, right time, but on some level, the life we're all living is kind of what we ask for. Well, I'm sure the kids around the world are definitely picking up on that. What a weirdo. Yeah. So how have you handled coming to grips with the fact that you never really made it as a Hollywood star? The director I worked with, Ian Rickson, gave me a great piece of advice. And, I, I buy the, and uh, Michelle, who's sitting right over there, does the same thing. Her name's Melinda, but carry on. Write down at night the things you're grateful for in your life. Well, I'm sure the kids around the world would be grateful for a flushed away sequel, but you've dashed all their hopes and dreams. How does that make you feel? Uh, I, I feel great, I'm happy, I'm relieved, man. I gotta tell you, Joshua. I corrected you about my name again, but you just don't care, do you? No, never. All right, Hugh, thanks for coming on the show. I guess. Joshua, good to see you, man. And we're back. Man, that, that was so surreal, listening to that back. Like, I cannot believe, I cannot believe I was talking, I was talking to Wolverine, okay? I mean, that's crazy to me. <laughs> Joshua Chill. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> it's it's Jonathan. It's Jonathan. Uh, your brother. Who cares? I, if Hugh Jackman calls you Joshua, I'm calling you Joshua. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm not even mad. I, I'm Joshua from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Joshua, let's get back into this review. <laughs> let's talk about this opening scene. Okay. Just immediately, there were so many movie references just in the opening scene, like um, the Dancing with Myself yeah. musical number. Mm -hmm. um, did you notice any anything specific stand out before I go through my list? Sure. Uh, you're probably going to reference like the costumes, right? His wardrobe, oh, yeah. and he's, he's getting dressed at the beginning. He pulls out a Wolverine costume. Mm -hmm. um, and is, is there a, like a Wallace from Wallace and Gromit? outfit too there is there is and nobody else picked that up yeah um that was really neat there was a lot of things from wallace and gromit as well as the um as well as the wardrobe scene um mm -hmm. but like there was like a stuffed gromit just like straight chilling there's a bunch of stuffed animals they also had like alex the lion from madagascar oh, and yeah. the dragon from shrek um it was really neat to see all those in the in the girls room well, yeah, especially that, I mean, you get the scene where he's like picking out a movie and he slides across the shelf and it has the whole list of yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. shelf of, of actual DreamWorks movies of like. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also some James Bond references and Die Hard <laughs> references. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. Uh, when I think about this movie, that that opening scene is like the 
I just think of that like that opening scene the most like iconic him just playing with the Barbie dolls as his, as his own friends. It's also kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it gets into that later on in the movie. He kind of realizes like yeah. it's a pretty lonely life, but I just think I just from the first time I saw this movie, I just thought this the scene was was so great. It's like best part of the movie mm. for me almost. <laughs> <laughs> and i love the song i love the song coming in it's just like perfect yeah it, def- it definitely gets you hyped up for the whole movie <laughs> yeah. well before we 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 dive in too much more into the movie I, I i wanted to talk about why i picked this movie and it's pretty simple actually i've been wanting to watch this one recently <laughs> i haven't seen this one in a while it's definitely a i don't know it's not like in my like top movies of all time or anything, but it's always one I just and I just enjoy watching this one. It's it's just a lot of fun, and uh, I knew it'd be a good one for us to review on the show. It's very entertaining. I think it's it was more of like a <laughs> it's entertaining and it's just a fun, simple movie. Um, but it's also more of like it's just seemed like a fun day for all these like this cast mm-hmm. getting together and just spending a week or so just doing the recordings for it. I oh, feel yeah. like this is like their day off fun project that they wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Cause this cast is insane for a kid's movie. So yes. Yeah. This, this movie has a great cast and we'll, we'll get into that in, in just a minute. But before we move on, I wanted to ask if you had any personal memories about this movie. Yeah, 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 I do. Um, <laughs> this one's a little embarrassing, but um, I don't know. I just, we, our family, there's always that one kid that in your class that says that they're related to some cool person. Like there's a girl in my class whose great uncle was um, Bob Barker from The Price is Right. <laughs> and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It is. <laughs> and it is. I mean, didn't you, didn't you have a classmate that was related to Weird Al or something? Uh, Larry did. He, he said He said Weird Al was his great uncle. Okay, yeah. Well... <laughs> I thought having a great uncle that was famous would be cool. And I was like, you know what? Tom Jones has the same last name. I'm going to convince all my friends that Tom Jones is my great uncle. What? (laughs) So Tom Jones is like unnecessarily like the main point of like 20% of the chokes in this movie, like the grandma. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh, everybody watch this. Tom Jones is a cool singer that nobody cares about. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, actually. So I, it's just believable enough. It's not unusual. <laughs> it's not unusual. No. <laughs> um, but like, I would try and convince everybody that nobody, I mean, a couple kids believe me because like nobody knew who Tom Jones was, mm-hmm. but like, I just remember thinking that having Tom freaking Jones as my great uncle was cool in the first place. <laughs> You know, this this isn't really related to the movie, but it, it kind of reminded me of when I was in high school. I had this one class. Uh, it was like, it's called Avid or something like that. It was like a college prep class yeah. or something. And I just know a lot. I had a lot of friends in there and we really tried to just goof off like a ton. We just goofed off all the time in that class. And I, I remember one time I had to do like a short a short talk or something. I don't remember why or what it was for, but basically I tried to convince the class that I was related to the Jonas brothers. 
<laughs> and that they were that, that's even better that they had they had uh that i was like in the band but they kicked me out and they changed their name from jones to jonas and that <laughs> like that <laughs> and uh and after they kicked me out they were trying to distance themselves from me and I don't, I don't remember what i told them to to the reason i got kicked out but i was like oh man i'm the long lost i used to be in the band i got kicked out and my brothers ditched me for for dis for disney channel <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I would much rather be related to the Jonas Brothers than Tom Jones. Yeah. And so for the rest of that year, there was one one kid in particular that that continued to call me Jonas for the rest of the year. So that was my nickname, <laughs> the Joker. Oh, I should also probably have a disclaimer, or not a disclaimer, but um, I should probably I should probably also state that like our last name is Jones. I don't know if we've discussed that or not on the podcast or not. I think we've done some takes where we've said our first and last name, but yeah, I think we've stuck with first names for the show. So now, now that story makes more sense, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we can start talking about the movie. Um, it's made in part by DreamWorks, but also Ardman Studios, which is like a British animation company. Mm-hmm. And we kind of mentioned Wallace and Gromit earlier. That's kind of what they're they're known for their Wallace and Gromit shorts and movie as well as chicken run right, right. and some other movies. Chicken run is good. And I love chicken. And they, up until this point, they had always done stop, uh, stop motion claymation. And this is their first movie mm-hmm. that they did CGI, but the way that they animated it, they still wanted it to have the same look as like chicken run as that kind of stop motion look. And even to the point where the animators have mentioned, like the way they have their faces kind of uh, molded to look kind of like there's thumbprints there and stuff and not to make it look perfect to kind of still like make it look like it's been (laughs) made, you know, like, like a person sculpted it and put it together and moved it and that sort of thing. So I, I I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, It's a bit excessive, but it's good. I paused it at a few points and, and kind of saw it, but um, anyway, yeah, this is the first movie that they, that they went ahead and did with a CGI fully CGI movie uh, for Ardman studios. And uh, I think after this, this movie kind of ended their partnership with DreamWorks because they had just made the Wallace and Gromit movie and chicken run. And after this, I, mm-hmm. I maybe there were some disagreements and they, they parted ways and I think their, their latest movies are being done through Sony. Um, I haven't seen, I've only seen yeah, one I of the, their, their newer ones. It's that pirates band of misfits movie. Pirates movie. Yeah. The other one they have is Arthur Christmas, which I, I've heard is good and I haven't seen it. Yeah. So maybe I'll watch it this year. That one's always on uh-huh. TV during. <laughs> and their time. most recent uh, effort was early man, which came out this past year or two and looked just like a, it was like, Never a, like a caveman type story. Uh, I didn't watch it. So, but that's not what we're reviewing today. And, you know, I was thinking about this movie It compared to like chicken run. I feel I like, I know that chicken run is a better movie, but I just enjoy watching flushed away more. Uh, uh-uh. no way. Chicken run is way better. It's so much funnier. Really? Okay. 
I, it's way funnier. I also, we need to watch that one again. I also haven't seen that in a long time, so I do want to put that disclaimer there. But I Me think, neither, but I do remember it being more funny. I See, I kind of remember it being like, like yes, it was funny, but it also kind of like not that enjoyable because they're just like, they're just like trying to avoid getting their heads chopped off the whole movie. Um, they're just trying to avoid. They're just trying to avoid getting drowned. This whole movie, or being frozen by nitrogen. I guess, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I. It's been a long time since I've watched any Wallace and Gromit or Chicken Run or any of that. So that's definitely we're gonna have to cover some of that in the future. Oh, for sure. But. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of the studio that made it, and they it's a British company, so the humor is kind of has a little bit of British humor in it, and I think that's something that I like about this movie is kind of this like British setting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know we we've we've talked about it before. We just like love British humor and that's that that sort of stuff. So let's talk about the we we touched on the cast. We've got Hugh Jackman playing Roddy Roddy St James Roddy St James. Yeah. We've got Kate Winslet playing Rita Rita that's right lovely Rita he wrote he sang a a song about her ice cold Rita never did I need a girl was I so cruel I offered her a jewel but she let me stuck stranded on a duck what a shoddy thing to do to Roddy me that's Roddy St. James of Kinston We also have Ian McKellen as the Toad and the villain of the movie, who is also an X-Men. Yep. As the villain, but he's more known as playing Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings, which coincidentally also has Andy Serkis in this movie, um, who played Gollum and Smeagol at the same time. Yeah, he was one of the the rats, like the gangsters, the henchmen, hench rats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was basically the Rizzo the Rat. (laughs) Yeah. From (laughs) that's that's basically a British version of that. But yeah, it's like recently I've started uh, reading slash listening to uh, Lord of the Rings books for the first time ever. I always thought it was like super nerdy, so I was like, I'm not gonna even consider reading that book but um uh i just found out that it was just one of the best it was, it was like voted like book of the century or something wow yeah and of the 20th century of course because it's written in the 50s but i was like well it's got to be really good so i started i decided to give it a chance mm-hmm. and i'm loving it so far and <laughs> i can't not think of ian mckellen as a toad it's weird it's weird hearing him as a toad when you hear Gandalf in the back. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember there's one line in particular that that like reminded me of something Gandalf would say and I I can't remember what it was, but I I was just like what is this? Was it the booties in the booty? Oh, well that wasn't him, but but that's a that's a standout quote. The booties in the booty. <laughs> okay, I just want to move on to Bill Nye. Yes. He's my favorite character and favorite actor in this film. Who cares about Hugh Jackman? We we should have interviewed Bill. Same, yeah. I you know, I mentioned this to Hugh when I was interviewing him. I, I did say that Bill Nye had the, the best character in the movie, so I had I actually I completely forgot about that character because it's been a while since I watched this one. But He he steals the yeah. show. He's so calm and collected. <laughs> yeah. 
that'll be last night's curry spike. I'm the same. I've got a bum looking like a Japanese flag. <laughs> <laughs> the booty's in the booty. <laughs> keep your legs straight when you hit the water. I keep your legs straight. I kept my legs straight. Kept my legs straight, Spike. <laughs> Used to work in a lab- laboratory. Good old shampoo job. Used to be dark grey. Cleared up my dandruff, though. <laughs> and he's like twitching. <laughs> albino, albino, bald, big old rat. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how he has an origin story of being a lab rat. Yeah. Hey, makes sense. Instead of a sewer rat. It does. It's kind of good. <laughs> he has all the good quotes. Yeah, I was I was looking through everything. Oh, okay. You know what it was? You know what the Gandalf quote was in this movie? I wrote it down. Okay. Um, you thought you could make a fool of a toad, <laughs> yeah. did you? Yes. <laughs> you fool of a toad. Yeah, and then there's uh, Le Frog. Le Frog. Classic character. And his band of kung fu French frogs. Yes. I feel like the first time I watched this movie, and maybe we can get into this when we kind of talk about plot and stuff like that, but... I feel like there's a few things that confused me about this movie the first time I watched it. And I specifically remember being confused as to who was the villain. Was it the toad or the frog? I'm talking about like the very first time I saw it. (laughs) Neither. It was a little bit more clear this time. It was like the toad was the main guy. But but at first it starts out with like you got the henchman after him. And then they report to the toad. But then the toad enlists the frog. And I didn't know who reported to who. See, I didn't even think about that. I had a different um, um, perspective. I had a way different perspective on that because until then, I thought that Sid was the villain. The guy that flushed him down the toilet. And I was so mad at him because his life was so great up there with his empty lack of family and his drivable cars and his gold cage. I was so mad at Sid for flushing him down. He could have shared. And I thought he was the villain. And then once the frog and the toad came up, I was like, uh, wait, this movie's going in a completely different yeah. direction. What's going on? <laughs> he needs to get back up there ASAP as possible. Yeah. I guess he was kind of the B story. The, uh, with, uh, Sp- what's his name? Uh, Sid. Sid. I almost said Spike. That's the other, that's the other rat. Spike. His name's not Spike. It's, it's Spoik. Spoik. <laughs> but Sid did have some nasty toenails though. He's a whole person, and he also like completely wrecked the apartment yeah. that they were living in, or the flat as they call it up across yes, the pond. Yes, yes. <laughs> One thing that I hated about him about that is that if you're gonna have a white couch, don't ever bring a bag of Cheetos in that household. Oh no, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> so gross. I would have rather hung out in the sewer <laughs> than sit on that couch. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, another thing that I noticed with the with the story, as far as like being confused the first time I watched it, um, at, at first they're like trying to pursue, they're trying to get that that uh, ruby, and that's the main thing that they're after. Yeah, and yeah. then it switches to, oh, that doesn't matter, that was a fake, and oh, now we need the master cable. I, I just remember the plot maybe being kind of confusing to me the very first time I saw this movie. And that's why they had the slugs, so you could be distracted and not care about the plot. Oh, yes. Ten-year-old? <laughs> Ten-year-old? The slugs. That's another thing I always remember about this movie is them, their little songs. <laughs> you want to talk about the slugs? Yeah, we can talk about it for a minute. 
Okay. Um, as a 10-year-old Jeremy growing up watching this movie, the slugs, they bopped. They were the funniest things in this movie by far. <laughs> they had high-pitched voices, and the tiniest one had the low- lowest one. <laughs> and that's a classic joke. And they sang a lot, and that was cool. Um, but now as an adult watching this movie, I hate these freaking things. <laughs> They're so annoying to me. They're, they provided so much comic relief, but like they just get in the way. <laughs> and they're, they're seeing like royalty-free bum covers of popular songs as transitions, and they're just a complete waste of space. <laughs> Here's a little song I wrote. You might not sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. It's like the producers are like, so how do we get away with playing like iconic songs in our movie while saving money at the same time? Oh yeah, they're but and doing co- like saving money by doing covers, but it not be stupid. <laughs> And then, like, the director was like, singing slugs, easy. <laughs> Maybe. Problem solved. You you could say it was their their uh, their way of doing, like, how, like, classic plays and things like that have this, like, you know, like, the chorus of singers in the background kind of explaining what's going on in the story, yeah. you know? Maybe that's kind of low-key what they're, yeah. what they're trying to do there. But at the end of the day, like, these slugs... They were doing. They were pandering to ten-year-olds oh, sure. and making poor jokes. And, and we stuff. ate it up because we loved the slugs back then. It was funny. I mean, you know what these slugs are, though? They're minions. That's what they are. They are minions, <laughs> and that's what I. That's why. So okay, if Despicable Me hadn't come out and Minions hadn't been such a horrible, toxic thing, I would probably still love the slugs. But they remind me so much of minions that it just disgusts yeah. me. I mean, they are slugs, but <laughs> they are slugs. If this movie had done better, we we probably could have had a flushed away two and a slugs movie standalone movie. Oh, <laughs> why did they create minions? <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I think I like these slugs better than minions, though. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I definitely had picked up on on that when I was watching this again. <laughs> so i liked i liked the scene when after he gets fleshed down and he lands and you think he's like gonna land he's like flying through the sky and he lands and he hits that like sidewalk chalk drawing painting oh yeah yeah. and the guy was like all mad it's like i've been working on this for three years or something like that really three years (laughs) three three years it was like a five by five foot i know right (laughs) on on rat scale so it was like <laughs> three inches <laughs> benefit of the doubt he it was very mm-hmm. detailed i'm sure there was a lot of like uh hidden jokes in that scene with like the stuff going on in the city and the backgrounds and the buildings i can't remember any offhand yeah. but i just i know i noticed a few a few things there and um one thing i thought was pretty funny was you know how they has got the guy that's like oh it's the end of the world the dam's gonna break and it's gonna yeah, destroy yeah. the world what I thought was funny about that was that he had, you know, he's got the toast on there and that what people in real life, it's called like a sandwich board, but it's actual pieces yeah. of bread that he's got written in jelly. Like, I don't know, yeah. the end is near or something. I love it. <laughs> so, Whatever that shower cap thing was on his head. Yeah. Don't understand what that was. 
Also, loved how the cop had a um, full size walkie talkie on his chest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and when he was getting flushed aw- flushed away, that fish comes up. Is like, have you seen my dad? Okay, yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot. This movie does not lack in odd, interesting, funny characters. Yeah. Like just random extras or just off the wall random people. And <laughs> the sailor man. That fries up fish. <laughs> he has his pet Nemo, yeah. off-brand Nemo, great value Nemo. <laughs> that scene was so it was so <laughs> weird because it's like you see the fish, no one expected, and it. then all of a sudden it looks like he's dead and he's about to cook him up. And he has this, <laughs> talk, and then he has this talk with the sailor about how to find how to find uh, the Jamie, the Jamie Dodger. Oh, you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> he just suddenly comes to life. <laughs> I really love the overtly Texan. Uh, American Texan tourist family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're eating running in the end zone. They're not tackling each other. These guys don't know nothing about football. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, the surfer dude at the end. Whenever the uh, they froze the wave with a uh, <laughs> uh, liquid nitrogen and it it just froze and he looks so disappointed because he had his surfboard and he's about to surf the wave and just throws it down on the ground <laughs> there there's a lot lot of things like that in this movie that if you're not paying attention you'll just you'll just miss Half it. a second yeah whips. a lot of good uh, stuff the policeman again when he <laughs> i died laughing whenever the wave was coming at the same time and he just blew his whistle and told it to halt yeah <laughs> just don't but I think my favorite uh, one-off character is probably Shockey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Rita's younger brother that shocks everybody. And he's like, my name's Shockey. Why, why do they call you that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> and later, uh, Rita's mom is like, oh, it must be lonely. No one up there to, no family, no friends. And Shockey comes up and, no one to Shockey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So after obviously he he meets up with Rita, they're on the run, and Rita takes him back to her house. And were you getting like burrow vibes from their house? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. That's what I was instantly thinking of Harry Potter. <laughs> Except uh also some like maybe some hybrid between the burrow and the grandparents' house from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't really remember their house that much, but so, other than it being like really small and all the grandparents in one bed. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It's just a big family. Um, and the grandma's yeah. crazy. That whole scene was, was pretty funny and oh, all the kids and stuff. That was great. Yeah. One thing I noticed was like the angsty teen. He had like a band t-shirt on and it said bubonic plague. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh no. I didn't realize that. You could picture that being some like some like death metal band or something. I get it, get it, because it's a rat thing. Yeah. But yeah, the whole family. You obviously get the vibes of like, even though they like don't have a lot of money, they're they love each other and are really close and stuff. And it, you can see why Roddy would be mm-hmm. starting to think of like, okay, maybe maybe I don't want to stay up top, even though I've got all these nice things and Barbies. Which, that actually is kind of a a good takeaway, like a good lesson mm-hmm. to learn from from this movie is like Roddy started out in the movie with, he thought he was completely happy and he had all the riches and everything that he Mm -hmm. needed. Um, and then he visits this family that 
has absolutely nothing mm-hmm. but each other. And he realizes sooner or later than that um, just having a family is priceless. And he gave all of it up just to be mm-hmm. with them at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, he, he gives it, um, he, he, he gives it over to Sid. He gives it over to Sid and he plays it off. Like um, Roddy ate too much food. Like they, <laughs> at the beginning, whenever the family was leaving, they're like, don't feed him too much yeah. food. And then she dumps out the whole box. And, she dumps up the entire box of mountain of food. <laughs> and that's kind of highlighted with that scene uh, where, cause at the beginning when he's like, he says good night and it just echoes and no one answers him back. And then later when he's on the boat with Rita right, yeah. and he's like, Oh, you know, good night, Rita. And she actually says good night back to him. And then he just keeps saying good night, Rita. It's, it's kind of cool. He went from sad, not knowing he was sad mm-hmm. and, having everything to having nothing but family. And he was ultimately happy. And I guess, I guess to get into like uh, the, the toads kind of scheme or whatever, I didn't, I don't know that I really paid that much attention as to the reason he was doing was what he was doing was because he was trying to get rid of all the rats. I I don't think I picked up on that until I watched it this time. (laughs) Right. I just thought he was, it's a side plot. It's a side plot because Sid is the villain <laughs> until the end. <laughs> Who cares about Froggy Gandalf? <laughs> I just thought I, for some reason he's just the bad guy and he's trying to destroy the world and Roddy's got to save it, you know. But he's trying to get rid of the rats yeah. because he's jealous because a rat took his place because he used to be up top. Right. For like Prince Charles or something like that. Which... I thought was interesting. He, he so he in that scene where he's in his like shrine to British culture and refinement. He's showing Roddy and all the, <laughs> and he pulls out that scrapbook. I think I don't know if it's that scene or a different scene, but he shows a picture of him in in his old his old Prince Charles or whatever his old master. Yeah, and it shows a year of like 1964. Like, and I was like, okay, so how long did Toads live? Because this was made 2006. <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't matter how long regular toads live it matters how long clay toads live yes. and that's forever yes. but I did look it up and it says that toads and frogs can live for 10 to 12 years but I guess we've huh. got plot hole we got, we got an issue there that's an issue because <laughs> it could be set back in time but right, yeah. that TV that they were playing the world cup was too yeah. nice for to be hung up on the skyscraper I and mean, are you going to be my girl? Wasn't even a song back then. So. Right. And they've got all their DVDs of chicken run, which came out in 2000. So, you know, it's true. It's and got- this movie also came out in 2006. <laughs> it had like shark tail, <laughs> chicken run, Shrek, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, he came, he actually came from the sewers of Buckingham yeah. palace. How neat is that? Because our ancestor actually built those sewers. <laughs> Speaking of people who famous relatives, um, <laughs> uh, we our only lame claim to fame is that uh, we are one of our old ancestors is Lord Sheffield, and he was somewhat part of royalty um, back in the 1600s. I guess all I know is that he he built and designed the core of Buckingham Palace before it was added on. Basically, the Buckingham House was passed down to 
the queen. And it was, I mean, they built around it. Now it's a huge palace, but like our grand, or not our grand, our great, 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 great grandpa uh, built Buckingham Palace. They're no good, dirty, rotten, big stealing, great, great grandfather. <laughs> big stealing, great, great grandfather. <laughs> I'd rather have a fat pig. He's just your boy! I'd rather have a fat pig. <laughs> Inside quotes. That's what this show's about. We just most of our most of our show is just quoting other movies that no one understands. Yes. And they won't until they listen to that episode. I love Inside Quotes. That's perfect. We have a perfect name. But long story short. He, he he apparently has a like a plaque up there with his name on it or something in there somewhere, right? Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And he also has a soccer team now in the Premier League. Sheffield United. Gosh. Sheffield United. You know, I've, I, uh, I like to joke around saying that our family owns that team. So I definitely root for him. And since coronavirus, I guess, happened, we're still in ninth place and we're not getting relegated. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> Well, Premier League is back up. It just started the past week or so. Yeah, it did. But we're uh, still Newcastle played them and lost, of course. And, be, and they beat they beat Sheffield. I mean, like three zip. Sheffield's actually pretty good. Weirdly, they are. They're 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 doing better than people expected. But um, I figure a little bit of a little bit of soccer discussion is appropriate for this movie. Oh, for sure, the yeah. World Cup was kind of at this at the center of it, and. Uh, but yeah, I, actually, one thing I noticed about this the the World Cup game that I thought is another error is that the humans <laughs> look freaking weird. <laughs> no, but they do. <laughs> uh, it was that the time clock is counting down instead of like counting up to like the forty five minute half. Yeah, it's showing it like oh, it's got two minutes left. It's like counting down. It's different. And it doesn't do that in soccer. But th- I think that was just more for like American audiences to know, like, right. oh, it's a countdown to when everyone's going to go to halftime and flush the toilets. And it was actually just for big text. I was actually watching with his family. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's like the worst American stereotype. It was pretty bad. If, if, if you live in the UK, I promise we're not all like that. I don't even own a cowboy hat. <laughs> I mean, is it safe to assume these people are from Texas? <laughs> Obviously, you see the size of his belt buckle bigger than his head. I mean, we're from Florida, so we're not much better. But we wrestle gators, and they wrestle cattle. The world famous Florida man. We are the Australia of the United States. <laughs> uh, one thing that I thought was uh, another like Easter egg or something that was kind of funny to see was when the toad is about to like freeze uh, Roddy and Rita. Uh, in the fr- in the yeah. freezer, and the henchmen are there, and they're about to do it, and it shows like all the people that have been frozen in the past, all the other rats and stuff, yeah. and one of them is is a rat that's dressed up like Han Solo in frozen in carbonite. <laughs> it's so perfect. I love it. This movie is made just for references. It's not made for kids. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much going on in the background. It's like don't even pay attention to the foreground. Just look around and see what's going on. So it's, deep it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I didn't realize it until watching it this time, but this movie, it wouldn't have had a happy ending unless out of like the three or four times that they escaped, 
or solve their problems with liquid nitrogen. They escape the first time by releasing the hose. And th- okay, this toad, it, Gandalf the toad, needs to like get a control on his loose nitrogen, liquid nitrogen hoses. Because <laughs> they do be leaking. <laughs> that's like the entire, that's how the plot gets resolved is because of liquid nitrogen. And without that, they would be dead. And all of these hoses are controlled by uh, the master cable. No, I don't know. <laughs> so who cares about the ruby or the master cable? It's the- yeah, I don't even remember what the master cable did, why that was needed. He didn't even need to, like, because well, it, like, released the dam or something for the, the flood. Is that what controlled the... Okay. Yeah, they were trying to flush everything away. But why did they need that when he had an unlimited supply of liquid nitrogen? He could have just froze all the rats. I mean, yeah, he's been making making his way through town one at a time already. <laughs> toads will be toads. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was, was kind of cool was the the henchmen were, uh, were chasing them on the boat. And they were they were riding these mixers that were like jet skis. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And then and then they stop him because she like pours out this like powdered mix, and then they blend <laughs> it up and it like turns into like whipped cream or something, and they're stuck. Mixing it up. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. This yeah, this movie has just so many things in the background that you can't not you can't notice it all in one go. You have to watch this movie multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I noticed. Did you notice the um, the bear rug in the in the toad's lair uh, or whatever? But it was actually a house cat. I didn't notice. It's a life size house cat, but it looked like a bear rug. <laughs> and then some random thing. Uh, Rita's dad was in the wheelchair and he had his cast mm-hmm. uh, on his leg. And I don't just some background shot. I saw it. It said cheesy foot. Like his kid, like drew a foot on the foot part of the cast. And like, oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. And it says cheesy feet. <laughs> what the heck? They, they didn't even bring attention to it. Like it was in the yeah, background yeah. and it still made me laugh. One thing I thought was funny when they're in the sewers and he, he finds the boat the first time and Rita's kind of hiding because she doesn't want to, she doesn't. And yeah. I thought it was funny that she had like uh, a, a pull down of like a brick wall of like a, what is it? Like a projector screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know what to call that, but yeah, yeah, kind of like, yeah she had it was like a like, like a the, wallpaper, and she had it pulled over the bed. Like yeah, just camouflage. I thought that was pretty funny. It was like of a brick wall that matched, and she was just hiding behind it, and then it it gets rolled up, and they see <laughs> when Roddy makes he accidentally like hits the, the horn or whatever. What's that urge from deep inside? The need to hurl or be denied. That isn't rice, that's maggots, you're Do you have any plot holes for this movie? Uh, not other than the timeline. Uh, okay, so the only thing I had was at the very end, after Rita helps Roddy get back to his flat in the real world, and she he gives her the, uh, the ruby and or whatever the jewels there that were his his owners or whatever. Okay. So then, you know, there's this kind of tension where it's like, he still wants to be with her, but like, he doesn't, you know, she ends up leaving and she goes back. Yeah. 
but there's kind of this thing of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I got to figure out how to get rid of Sid. But my question was, how did, how did she get back? Cause the next time we see her, she's like being held captive by the toad. Didn't she get flushed? Well, that's, I mean, I have to assume that, but you don't see Roddy go flush her. Like, did she hit the flush and ju- how, how'd she know where the bathroom was? He didn't, he didn't show her how to get out. <laughs> It, I don't know. It just it cuts from her leaving. Maybe she maybe she took the bag and went out the window. I mean, maybe, and she got down to the sewers. I mean, it's not really a plot hole. It's just like it. It just doesn't explain it because <laughs> you you know she's resourceful yeah. and she's going to find her way. And um, it just cuts from it cuts from her leaving, and then uh, then Roddy's like, okay, now I got to go deal with Sid, and. Next thing we know, then he gets flushed down back down himself, and he he gives the place over to to Sid, and and then he when he gets back down to the sewer town, she's like being held captive by the toad though, and I, we don't even know how she gets held captive by the toad, unless I'm misremembering that. I I, I watched it again today, well, just like mm-hmm. the ending, and I watched that part. I don't think I it computed with me. Like I don't yeah. think I realized anything. It just seamless. You just assume that she's going to be in peril. She's always getting into trouble. But um, let me talk about uh, when the emerald, the giving away the jewels and stuff. Like, okay, yeah. Roddy is so entitled. <laughs> he thinks he owns all of that in the apartment. <laughs> it's pa- to the rest of that family that owns him, they own him, and they don't know that he gets out of his cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Oh yes, we have a nice jacuzzi here. It's called a toilet. Um, we have unlimited snacks and, but like, oh, let me just give you a couple thousand dollars worth of jewels. It's a preconceived notion that <laughs> it's all his. Yeah. Like he's a part of the family, but they don't care about him. The family is going to think Roddy ate the ja- the the jewels, and that's why he's all fat now. I wonder how Sid's going to clean up that couch because that was nasty. Uh. Isn't there like a mid credit scene or something where like it's implied they got a cat or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think <laughs> he's just gonna be on the run from this cat all the time? That's what I want to see in the sequel. Yes. <laughs> uh, one thing I wrote down that was was funny is is the whole joke is they keep calling him Millicent bystander like the whole movie. He's like he keeps saying I'm yeah. Millicent bystander. <laughs> Millicent bystander. Just how Rita got back. After she got to Roddy's house, I, that was the only plot hole that I had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have any other problems. And I think we touched on some like lessons learned and takeaways already with just, you know, Roddy kind of realizing there's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have relationships with people. He doesn't have a family and friends and that sort of thing. And he's just, the life that he has is, mm-hmm. is uh, unfulfilling just because he has a, a nice, nice place with nice, nice things, you know. <laughs> Jeremy, was that you? Sorry, Spike. I uh, saw an opportunity and I seized it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's that's a quote that me and Jeremy say all the time, and I I had forgotten it was even from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We ha- we have so many quotes stored in our brain that we don't even like know what they're from half the time. Yeah. We just quote it. And then we're like, spend the next 30 minutes figuring out what movie it was from. Yeah. And you know, a funny thing is too, is like, sometimes we'll, 
we'll start saying the quote differently than it's actually said in the movie. And right. <laughs> and we'll remember it wrong. <laughs> but then it's just an inside joke. So we just keep, you know, we'll just keep saying it the way we've always. We have to do it the same way we did it. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> we rewatch it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that is not how he says that at all. <laughs> right. But it's what it is in our minds, and that's what matters. Well, uh, we we kind of touched on the opening song, Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. It's a great, great mm-hmm. song. And I thought we could talk a little bit about the songs and the, the soundtrack of this movie. I mean, I I think it's safe to say this is another one that's, you know, it's really built around the songs, the the kind of the pop songs of the of the time, rather than the score, although there is... Uh, you know, obviously it does have its own like score elements that's recorded as well. But um, yeah, the, I feel like the song, are you going to be my girl by jet is in like a million movies, <laughs> including this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different songs on here. We don't have to go through the whole list, but um, there's the slugs are singing their little interludes here and there. Um, I'm trying to see who did the score. Uh, Harry Gregson Williams. He did Narnia. Okay. With the yeah, I don't know who that is. Really? Wait, Harry Gregson Williams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did Narnia. Ah, yeah, he did. He, uh, he did Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the Shrek franchise. Yes. Pretty good. Pretty good. Looks like he worked on Chicken Run along with John Powell. Yes. And his next feature film that he's going to be working on is Mulan. Oh. The live action Disney remake, oh, yeah. which that'll be cool. That's exciting. Cause Mulan has a lot of good music. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I just, you know, listeners go, go listen to the, uh, the soundtrack on YouTube. There's some good ones on there. Or if you want to, um, listen to the actual songs <laughs> instead of the, uh, slug versions, <laughs> there's a Spotify playlist of just the regular songs. <laughs> Is there, if you also hate slugs, is it, is, if you're a fellow slug hater, go to Spotify. <laughs> is there actually a playlist of the slug songs? Like that's intentionally what no. it is. <laughs> That'd be funny. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be. It's just flushed away in in general. I mean, I mean, it's only like three or four songs, right? Yeah, Mister Lonely. Maybe um, maybe we should start making some like really niche specific spotify playlists spotify for playlists? our listeners to listen yes. to <laughs> yes that sounds like a great idea i don't idea. know if we'll do it for this one but we'll have to think of i don't know we'll see <laughs> man, eight episodes so far man yep coming along well i i think did you what? have anything else that, yeah did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about about flushed away nah i think we can close this one up All right. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman. He's a good friend of ours, great artist. And you can find him on Instagram at Cap'n Cool Guy, as in crunch ties me, Cap'n. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to say that every time we plug him. <laughs> yeah, I'll have his handle down in the uh, the show notes below. So, yeah, if you want to also, if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're at Inside Quotes Cast. 
So Inside Quotes Cast, all one word. Um, yeah, go ahead and give us a follow there. Uh, I've been posting weekly stories and posts about our episode for this week, and I have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes we have references about it, a lot of Easter eggs. Um, yeah, it's looking great. The posts are great. I, I spend a lot of time, and it's really fun. It's really fun making all those mm-hmm. posts, uh, especially the Brother Bear one. That one was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, I was on a podcast recently. If you want to check us out, <laughs> check me out. I was uh, on our Brother Bear episode. We um, we had Jesse and Matt Vaughn from the Secret Language podcast, and they Jesse invited me back to discuss bad movies that um, we unapologetically love and we defend. And we had a fun time and a good conversation there. So yeah, go ahead, go ahead and check that out. We'll put that link in the show notes. Also, if you guys are in another part of the world, follow us on Instagram, please. And just like send us a message. We want to know what your perspective is on these movies growing up. It had to be something different. (laughs) So just go ahead and give us a message or something. Just let us know that you're listening. (laughs) That'd be kind of (laughs) neat. But yeah, we're definitely trying to build up the Instagram and he's uh, Jeremy's been making some great posts on there for each episode. So give us a follow. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you left a review. Five stars, please. Make them good. Well, so Jeremy, uh, I think we're coming to the end here. And I think the only thing that we're missing now is a hint for our next episode. And, you know, July 4th is coming up. So I think we need to do something kind of special. Oh, yeah. I have something real special planned. What's that? It's simple. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. All right. (laughs) I'm excited about this one. This is going to be pretty good. Oh, This is definitely one that we watched a lot. For sure. And we went on a vacation just because of it. (laughs) Our vacation was centered around this movie. And you'll have to tune in next week for it. Well, all right. I think that's another episode down the drain. Hey, I saw what you did there. Good one. (laughs) And until next week, be seeing you, my friend. And keep your legs straight.